It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This show is absolutely positively packed today. We got MSU versus Illinois this Saturday. Do our Spartans have any hope at an upset victory? Then, hey, is Jaden Akins actually going to come back sooner than later? Michigan State gets his third decommit in the last three weeks, and oh my goodness, is the sky falling? And then to end the show, is Mark D'Antonio the one to blame for how tense this Michigan State versus Michigan rivalry is? I don't know. I, we'll talk about it. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You wonderful people. That's right, all of you. Have I told you that I love you guys lately? Because if not, let me do it right now. You guys are truly the best out there. Yes, I'm talking the listeners, the viewers of Locked On Spartans. And before going any further into this packed episode... Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. That's right. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with promo code Locked On and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Thank you so much for kicking off your day or uh, ending your day with us here at Locked On Spartans. Whether you're watching on YouTube, listening to the podcast, any way you digest this media, cannot thank you enough. Uh, we have a packed show today, so what are we waiting for? Let's just get right to it right now. Saturday. No doubt this is a big one. Uh, we have top 20 ranked Illinois. That's right. That's a common sentence you say during football season. Top 20 ranked Illinois hosting our Michigan State Spartans 330 on Big Ten Network. And no doubt about it, this is a big one, but also a tough one for Michigan State. We are looking at being 17-point underdogs going into Champaign. A sentence I never thought I would say before the season Really, even during the season until like the last few weeks, and especially, well, the last few days when your best defensive player in Jacoby Winman is one of those eight Spartans suspended. So, yes, that will be reason one. This is going to be a tough game on Saturday. There's a few reasons why it's going to be tough. We'll get to some maybe hopefuls here in a little bit, but let's just go down the list of why Michigan State is 17-point underdogs. If you haven't been paying attention to Illinois football this season... One, I, I can't blame you. That That's not a name that usually circle on your list of teams to watch in the fall, but th this is what you have missed. A elite defense. And yes, I know. Their non-conference schedule wasn't world-beating, and yes, they play in the high school conference known as the Big Ten West, but look, they have given up six touchdowns this whole season. I don't care if you play in the, the fun dip league. If you give up just six touchdowns on a year into November, that's outstanding. And oh yeah, three of those touchdowns have been red zone touchdowns as well. When you get into the red zone, if you're fortunate enough to do it against Illinois, still kind of tough to score a touchdown on them. They also, through the passing game, allow just 44% of completed passes from their opponents. That is by far the best in the country. They have snagged a whopping 15 interceptions. Yes, they have more interceptions so far than Peyton Thorne has touchdown passes on this season. And for good measure, they have the second most sacks in the Big Ten. Top to bottom, all 11 players really make it seem like Illinois plays with 15 players on defense. And oh yeah, they got their offense as well, led by who I think is the best running back in the Big Ten, Chase Brown. And hey, I'll, I'll throw one to our uh, state 
listeners and viewers right now because this is Locked on Spartans. And, hey, we also like to reminisce about the glory days like last year when a guy named Kenneth Walker ran the ball. Now, am I calling Chase Brown a Kevin or <laughs> Kevin, a Walker clone? No, of course not. No, he's not Kenneth Walker uh, precisely. But he is, he is, in my opinion, the closest thing I've seen to Kenneth Walker in the Big Ten so far this year. He's got the vision. He's got the wiggle. He's got the speed. And different than Kenneth Walker, uh, Chase Brown has the hands as well. He is a good receiving threat as well. But yeah, I just think the world of Chase Brown and, well, Illinois has got a good offensive line to boot as well. Uh, Just like I said as well, and just like you already know, eight Michigan State Spartans are suspended. This is going to hurt the depth, especially on defense, as you are missing Zion Young, Brandon Wright in the offensive line, Angelo Gross, who, look, at the line of scrimmage is a very solid tackler. And then, of course... Well, Jacoby Winman, who is clearly MSU's best defensive player. And also, too, with him, you're missing a really good linebacker when it comes to pass coverage. Whereas the rest of the linebacker unit, okay, not necessarily uh, elite in in that regard is a nice way to put it. And also, hey, this is going to be an odd day as well on Saturday because right now the weather in Champaign is calling for morning showers, but the whole day... 25 to 35 mile an hour wind gust with gusts of up to 40 miles an hour plus. Oh man, oh man, this is going to make the passing game a little tough. No doubt about that. And I actually reached out really quick, asked uh, Brian Lewerke, former quarterback, two really dumb questions here just so I don't sound like a stooge or any more of a stooge than I usually sound like. And I said, hey, uh, does big wind really affect quarterback play as much as us fans think it does? And he said, oh yeah. When it gets up to like 25, 30 miles an hour, it 100% does. Like downwind passing, fine, no big deal. But it's the side-to-side wind and the wind that's going into your face as well. Um, And the wind kind of swirls in Memorial Stadium as well. And then point number two is, um, yeah, that's going to limit the deep ball opportunities, obviously. But the game plan also changes to those in-between routes, crossing routes, short little comeback routes. Routes that will make the passing game Comfortable for Peyton Thorne, you know, shorter areas to throw, or shorter yardages to throw to, but also cutting against the wind. So, with that said, it's going to be a tough game because it's MSU's run game, which, oh boy, not really inspiring versus Illinois' run game, which uh, has probably Chase Brown could be a Heisman contender if he had more touchdowns to his name so far this year, but that's obviously not the case. And uh, moot point, regardless. Tough game. However, however, Let's shine some hope on how Michigan State can pull the upset victory here. Hope number one. And we go to Illinois for this. Yes, we've said a lot of good things about Illinois, but here's one of the things that's not so great. It it is their touchdown percentage when they get into the red zone. They're actually eighth worst in the nation at scoring touchdowns when when they get into the red zone. You got to limit those touchdowns into field goals and especially field goals when, like we said, the wind is swirling. Okay, we can get a little squirrely game from the kicking unit on the other team, hopefully. And also, look, Illinois just does lack that red zone target. It's kind of ironic because that's Daniel Barker for, (laughs) for them, the guy who just transferred from Illinois to Michigan State. Look, Illinois is having a great season, outstanding season, but... It could be maybe even a little better with Daniel Barker on the team. They don't have him, obviously, right now because he's going to be wearing the green and white on Saturday. And also, too, you got to be a little bit inspired by what you saw in Ann Arbor last Saturday. Yes, of course, uh, they lost by 20 points. 
Could have been a lot worse, though. A lot worse if the defense didn't hold Michigan to essentially four red zone field goals. I say essentially four red zone field goals because one of the field goals came at the 21-yard line, so I, I'm going to count that as a red zone field goal. But yes, it was a lot of bend, don't break last week. Maybe Michigan State gets it again this week against an offense that is uh, kind of breaking down once they get to the red zone. Hope number two, and this is something that Illinois defensive coordinator Ryan Walters mentioned earlier this week, is that the Illini are going to be facing the best receiver core that they've faced so far this season. And he is not lying because, look, uh, Illinois played Indiana in their crossover game so far, Chattanooga, Wyoming, Virginia, and then Big Ten West opponents. Uh, so, yes, seen Michigan State's receiver core come in, especially two at the tight ends. You know, you get Ed Malik Carr, Daniel Barker, if they ever want to use them correctly so far this season. Maybe this uh, Saturday is the time to do so. But, yes, Michigan State does have a unit of receivers that they have not seen in Champaign all season. And, of course, of course, easier said than done to get the ball to those targets, just like we saw last week, especially with the wind being as uh, dangerous as it could be. But, hey, regardless, this is the best unit. Also, too, if you're going to do the short intermediate routes, maybe this is a time for Malik Carr, Daniel Barker to eat. Maybe my guy Trey Mosley gets some underneath routes going. Maybe Jaden Reed on a nice slant and go. So, I don't know. Maybe you do have a little bit of hope in the pass game there. And then, hey, we'll we'll, we'll get you uh, into the weekend with this one here. Uh, MSU, it's, hey, maybe due for an upset road win. Under Mel Tucker, he did it his first two years. He, he went on the road to an empty big house, yes, during that COVID year. And still won as 23.5-point underdogs. And then also last year. When it was about 175 degrees Fahrenheit, they went on the road, got the underdog upset victory at Miami. So, hey, you know, maybe uh, maybe they're due for one right now. You know, that's uh, that's what I got for you. It's going to be a tough one. No doubt about that. Uh, hey, we also got some good sports to talk about on the other side of this break. We have Bo Edmondson news. He decommits from Michigan State. And also Jaden Aikens news as well. But first, need to talk your ear off about one of the most fun apps I have been using this season underdog fantasy this episode is brought to you by underdog fantasy the easiest place to spice up college football season and it is the only way to just hang out on the couch and enjoy your college football saturday whether you're watching the spartans or hey if you're gonna be watching tennessee versus georgia this weekend some alabama lsu whatever tickles your fancy put some action at underdog fantasy it's very easy go to their daily pick them games you just select your game Let's say Michigan State versus Illinois. You pick anywhere between two, three, maybe even five players. Pick their stats, like Peyton Thorne over touchdown passes, Trey Mosley over receiving yards, and you pick over under. You can multiply your money as much as 10 times if you really stack the card and nail all of your picks. It is a certified hoot and a half. And also, what is really even a greater hoot and a half is winning or earning free money. Sign up with the promo code Locked On. That's one word, just Locked On. That's right. And Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100, get $100 smackaroos for free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store. That's right, that is Underdog Fantasy, promo code Locked On. Get in on the college football pick'em action today. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. And before we get to just the rest of the show, God, there's still so much to talk about. Thank you so much for making Locked on Spartans your first watch or listen every single day. Now, we're going to get to Jaden Aikens. We're going to get to the latest Michigan State football commit and decide if the sky is falling or not. But, hey, let's let's talk about two Michigan State programs that don't get enough shine. We're going to just spend a minute or two on them right now because, hey, Big Ten women's soccer, a program season going on. They won earlier today on Thursday in the Big Ten tournament semifinal. They won 2-1 to one against Nebraska for a program record 16th win. And now on Sunday, 2 p.m. on Big Ten Network, they face Penn State in the Big Ten tournament championship game. And today was a big game as well. Uh, freshman Courtney Kohler assisted on the first goal and then scored the eventual game winner in the second half. Cameron Evans scored the first goal and then Big Ten goaltender of the year. Lauren Kozel, five saves on the day, and she's not the only one to win Big Ten honors. Lauren DeBow, Ford of the year. Ruby Diotati, defender of the year, and then head coach Jeff Hosler, coach of the year as well. So go get them on Sunday. If you're in the Columbus, Ohio area, go down there or up there, depending on where you live. Root on our Lady Spartans on the old soccer pitch. That's right. Catch the soccer fever. And then really quick, too, women's cross country, third Big Ten title in the last four years. They just wrapped up. Coach Lisa Besnow, coach of the year. So there you have it. Women's soccer, women's cross country. Bang. Getting work done in East Lansing. All right. We talked a little earlier this week. Jaden Akins. Okay, he could be coming back, might be a while. They're kind of coy on the timeline. All that we knew is that he has to practice, and they're really going to monitor it closely before he steps onto the court. Well, it happened, guys. It, it happened on Thursday. This tweet comes from Chris Solari of the Free Press. MSU guard Jaden Akins practiced today and says he hopes to play Monday versus North Arizona. Northern Arizona, excuse me. Tom Izzo says Aikens needs three or so practices without soreness to determine if he'll play then or hold him out for Gonzaga next Friday. So, I'm, I'm honestly a tad surprised by all the language that was said the last few weeks. I, to me, it seemed like it was going to be a later in November situation, but hey, he's on the court today. He's got to practice two more times for him to hit the threshold where... Uh, Tom Izzo accepts it. Probably the medical team accepts it. And, hey, hopefully Jaden Akins is also on board with this as well because uh, foot injuries are nothing to play with. Nothing to fool around about, as we just saw with Langford in recent uh, memory. But, yeah, whew. I don't know. I, you know me. I, I can get really freaked out very easily and just, oh, I will be just gripping my couch and my remote a little tighter if Jaden Akins is playing on that potentially misty court on top of an aircraft carrier next Friday because I would hate for a borderline gimmicky game like that to be a reason he has a huge injury setback. And yeah, it's a cool game. I'm fired up for it. I wish they could do this every single year. But yeah, I if, if he had to miss that one just to, out of precaution, 
that's fine. But again, I'm the furthest thing from a doctor. You shouldn't take anything I say with a grain of salt regarding this injury. But, uh, oh, God, I just can't see another wing player have a foot injury that kind of derails his career, if you know what I mean. And I think you guys do know what I mean. But, hey, there you have it. The exciting news is that Jaden Akins, yes, slated to come back as, as early as next week. So, hey, there, there you have it. That is good news, obviously. Uh, now... What is, uh, okay, not not good news, I guess, is uh, Michigan State lost their third commit in football in the last three weeks. Three-star quarterback Bo Edmondson uh, announced the decommitment on Wednesday night. So, yes, we missed that on yesterday's show. Sorry about that, but let's get into it right now. Uh, is the sky falling at Michigan State? Three decommits in the last three weeks, and oh my god, Tuck has lost the program. Uh, things are going, no, uh, no. I'm sorry. Uh, I'll try to talk about this the nicest way I possibly can talk about it, but um, it, th- this was a decision, we'll call it mutual, to to be uh, just cordial about it, I think. It is un- it is unfortunate, though. No doubt about that. Uh, look, Bo Edmondson, by all accounts, great kid. I, I've heard you know good things about him as well from people inside the MSU program, all that fun stuff, but it is horribly unfortunate. He has had an injury-plagued senior season like and he's been dealing with his back injury rumors of other injuries he's been dealing with and he's also tumbled down in the 24 7 sports rankings like considerably not, not just like a little bit and i know that rankings aren't the end all be all but he was like in the mid 400s i believe maybe high 500s and now he's ranked like in the 800s it, it has been a slide down the ranks and i think michigan state is kind of saying well I don't think that this is going to necessarily work out, so it was a mutual parting of ways. Now, Justin Thin of 24-7 Sports, uh, he did throw this tidbit on the Twitter timeline shortly after the decommitment as well, and this was a free article. They do a lot of paid stuff behind a paywall on 24-7 Sports, and you should pay for the subscription. They do plenty of great stuff over there. But he mentioned this free article that Michigan State is going to go all in now on re-pursuing Dante Moore, five-star quarterback Dante Moore, out of Detroit Martin Luther King. They are going to try to swing for the fences here and get him. Now, with that said, I, I'm not a silly person. Like, I, I, Yes, that's the plan, obviously, and they will put any and all resources they possibly can in this commitment, but I, I'm not necessarily going to get my hopes up for it. I'm just telling you, that is the plan right now from a guy who knows a whole lot of stuff in the program in Justin Thin. So, yes, there you have it. Now, is not taking a quarterback for this class in play? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, Dante Moore isn't the only guy they're going to pursue and try to flip. It's just the one that they're going to obviously try the hardest on. And, um, look, maybe taking a quarterback it, or not taking a quarterback is in play. Because right now, 48 of the top 50 rated quarterbacks in 24-7 sports are committed to a school right now. And one of those two guys that are not committed to a school, well, is Bo Edmondson, the guy that just decommitted. The other guy is like ranked 48th in the country, something like that. I don't think that MSU will give a look at him. But look, the quarterback position is always something that you can count on for the transfer market, right? Like last year's transfer cycle had 12 quarterbacks that were rated four-star or higher. So if it doesn't work out, with the high school quarterback, look, I, am I going to be up at night on signing day with tears welling in my eyes just wondering how Michigan State didn't get a quarterback? No, not necessarily. That's uh, it's, it's not a needle mover for me necessarily, but 
look, I, it just as a whole, is the sky falling right now for Michigan State recruiting? I, look, and not to be a, a, a propagandist, but I, like, no, no, I, I don't think so because the way these three D commits happen is a little unique. And let me explain here. Uh, three weeks ago, Clay Whedon decommits from Michigan State. That was the first domino, so to speak. He goes to commit to Auburn. Okay, if you know anything about anything about college football, you know that Auburn is a complete and utter dumpster fire. Clay Whedon just like doesn't prioritize the, the football aspect of it or the coaching staff aspect of it, and that's completely A-OK. He's very comfortable with being at Auburn. He found a home there, and that's where he's most comfortable at. I mean, I'm not ripping him by any means for his decision. I'm just letting you all know that wasn't a football decision or a coaching staff decision of why he went to Auburn. Very unique situation there with that decommit. Last week, Kedrick Rieskano of Texas, four-star running back, he decommits from Michigan State. Okay, I got nothing there. That one stings. No doubt about that. We could talk, you know, the NIL money that he's getting from other schools. Okay, that, that's just the game now. Should be able to compete with that. So yeah, that, that's a straight up bummer, if you will. And this decommit that we just talked about, we're seeing a kid that committed, kind of having the opposite uh, season that Kedrick Riescano is uh, having as well. Kedrick, he was a four-star kid. He even outperformed that this season. Whereas, I'm sorry to say, Bo has, has not like lived up to what you would expect of a D1 athlete, especially with the injuries included. It, it's it's horribly unfortunate. I I feel like almost dirty talking about it, but like if we're going to talk about this in a real sense, like that's kind of what happened. I wish him nothing but the best. Again, I've, I've heard nothing but great things about him, and it absolutely sucks that he's going through all these injuries, especially a back injury. If anyone's ever had back issues in their life, like you, I wouldn't wish that upon even my worst enemies. It's it's unfortunate. But that, that's where we're at right now. Is the sky falling? Okay, I'm going to pump the brakes a little longer on that just because of how different the last three weeks have been. So there you have it. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. Let's uh, shift our attention to (laughs) the tunnel. Yes, that's right. Uh, These are my last comments on the tunnel uh, until more suspension news comes out, whether they establish how long these suspensions are. But, um, yes, on to the tunnel scuffle that has the fan base down the road just so outraged by what happened that – now they're uh, selling merchandise, uh, commemorating it. Yes, that's right. At least one fan fired up his own shop and is now selling tunnel-related merchandise, which that's a great way to prove that, uh, yeah, you are really angry about this and all this uh, just furor isn't uh, just disingenuous. No, yeah, oh, you're really angry about what actually happened and not just using this as rivalry fodder like weirdos. Uh, again, hey. You all know my stance on this. I have no problem with the suspensions, uh, players being held accountable because, well, only one side of this rivalry, you know, ever seems to be held accountable and, yeah, also takes accountability. And it's not the side that is now oddly blaming Mark D'Antonio for how tense the rivalry has gotten. Yes, it's a few fans on the other side that are saying Mark D'Antonio 
is the reason it has gotten to this point. But, hey, you guys also want to use just a handful of players to paint a whole picture of the University of Michigan State. So, it's Friday. Let me have some fun with this one as well. Uh, some of the finger pointing has gone to Mark D'Antonio, saying that it has got toxic ever since he stepped in. That's right. You guys are pointing to the it'll never be over comments and, quote, I find some of the things they do amusing. As if those are some horrible harmful comments or as if he's directly called someone out or some people are crying oh well when he stepped in Michigan State really started to hate Michigan like that's called a football rivalry disliking your opponent um so was it Mark D'Antonio's harmless actions or hold on or was it just because he changed the script started winning so many times in this rivalry that he has given you guys a lingering diaper rash. Uh, look, there's also one big Michigan account on Twitter out there that also said that Mike Hart's little brother comment came during D'Antonio's tenure as well. And that's the point we're at with this dialogue is blaming Mark D'Antonio for something that Mike Hart said. Okay, doesn't make a lot of sense, but we've never done that in Ann Arbor, so why start now? Uh, this is a masterclass going on in grasping at any straw possible, and it is fascinating to, bl to blame Mark D'Antonio for this toxic mood. Because look, D'Antonio never had players skip into opponents after a victory instead of just you know celebrating with their teammates on the field like normal people, or D'Antonio never had guys cutting wrestling promo style quotes you know about dominating the opponent before the game and oh we're gonna do this and that like no i don't i don't recall mark d'antonio ever having a player do that or i also don't recall mark d'antonio having a player try to choke out an opposing player the way mike morris tried to choke out kenneth walker last year on that play oh well, that's weird no 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 Oh, I beat you to it. Yeah, I understand that Will Golston did the same thing about 11 years ago. Yes, he punched one of your great upstanding citizens in Taylor Luan 11 years ago. But here's the thing. He was kicked out of the game and also suspended next game too. Now, the whole accountability thing, that actually happened when on-field tensions got a little tense. Not, you know, trying to choke out Kenneth Walker and then nothing ever happening because, again, the accountability game is never played over in Ann Arbor. And to go on with the list, D'Antonio never had a player punch an opposing fan and then have it go completely unpunished, kind of like Jabril, Jabril Peppers did in 2016 at Ohio State. Huh, that's strange. Mark D'Antonio never had a player promote hate speech on their social media platform and have it go completely disregarded and unpunished so that they could actually suit up in this very rivalry or hey you know maybe everything i just named is just one big glitch on your guys's end over there or maybe hey maybe it's not d'antonio maybe it's the guy over there that's been screaming who's got it better than us before even achieving anything maybe that has something to do with it have we ever thought about that that you step on campus and you are told that despite you were born on second base Hey, you've hit a home run, and you've been doing it since day one. But you know what? Maybe you are allowed to do that because there is no accountability. And, uh, hey, the media can never say a bad word about you. Or, hey, they might miss out on making that 
really weird Hall of Fame I just learned about that you guys have in the press box for your upstanding media members. Yes, uh, awarding your finest credentialed propaganda pushers as if that's something normal, as if that, you know, doesn't blur journalism ethics at all. I mean, Jesus, the state media in North Carolina, or North Carolina, the state media in North Korea even thinks that's probably a, a bit too far, but no. Again, the, the blue wall totally isn't a real thing. Um, please. The next column criticizing anything that happens in Ann Arbor, written in the press room at Shem Beckler Hall, will be the first. Accountability's not taken over there. No, it, it's all Mark D'Antonio's fault. It's all the guy who coached a few years ago's fault. And it's not the current coach in Ann Arbor who, you know, himself once punched a man so hard in his playing days that he broke his hand because his temper boiled over. No, 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 no. It, it, it's all Mark D'Antonio because he said uh, he said a quote about how the rivalry's never over. Oh, no. Oh, he, he made a, a point for his players to get fired off about this game. Or, or we could be honest. Uh, no, he just won there. And that bothered you guys and still clearly bothers you guys a little too much. So, sure, blame Mark D'Antonio for all the tension that he's causing this rivalry. Or is it just the tension that he still causes with you today? I'll let you sit on that and think about that one this weekend here. Let's get to five best bets right now. And I can't believe this uh, took until November to happen. But we finally had a push week. Two, two, and one last week. We lost the over in the Michigan-Michigan State game. We have lost the under in Ohio State-Penn State. God, that fourth quarter didn't help anything. We won Ole Miss against Texas A&M. We hit the under easily in Illinois versus Nebraska. And then we pushed Florida plus 22 against Georgia. The five best bets for this upcoming week. We're actually going to take two bets from Michigan State versus Illinois. I'm going to do something I don't think I've done all year, actually. And if I have done it, I have not done this a lot. And that's bet on Michigan State. I'm going to take Michigan State plus 17 against Illinois. And I'm going to parlay that with under 41 in MSU versus Illinois as well. I am scared of this weather. And also, when an over-under is at 41 and a spread is as big as 17... It could really just truly take one bounce of the ball in the run or right direction to really change the paradigm of that game when you include the spread. So, yes, we are going to be taking 17 points and under 41. We're also going to be taking points down in Athens, Georgia. I'm going to take Tennessee plus 8 against Georgia. I like their offense. I think it's uh, got the ability to hang with any team. And also Georgia just lost Nolan Smith too. That might play a bigger factor than a lot of people lead on. Alabama minus 13 and a half going to Death Valley against LSU. I think that's a line where Vegas is begging you to take LSU plus 13 and a half points at home at night in Death Valley. So I'm going to zig while everyone else zags. We are going to be taking Alabama Minus 13 and a half. And then Penn State, minus 13 and a half against Indiana. Again, you hear me say this all the time about Penn State. I love their secondary. Indiana likes to throw the ball a lot. I just don't see how it gets done. So, yes, there you have it. Michigan State plus 17. Under 41 in MSU versus Illinois. Tennessee plus 8 against Georgia. Alabama minus 13 and a half against LSU. And then Penn State, minus 13 and a half against Indiana. There you have it. We will be back on Saturday night or early Sunday morning. Who, who's to say? The goal is Saturday night on YouTube with an episode breaking down whatever happens on Saturday. And then, yes, we'll get into the week 
as basketball starts as well. Northern Arizona on Monday, Gonzaga on Friday. You know where to keep it tuned. Locked on Spartans. And go get them, Lady Spartans. 2 p.m. Big Ten Network this Sunday. Big Ten Championship. Let's go. Love you all. Go Green. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.